here at Spirit Matters Talk, spiritmatterstalk.com. I'm Dennis Romani, my co-host, Phil Goldberg, author of American Veda. Joe Dispenza, uh, your thoughts, uh, Phil? Oh, um, I thought it was fascinating, personally. I mean, Joe's uh, personal story and the research he's doing are very compelling. Uh, I'd love to, you know, have him back on or... I hope uh, our listeners, uh, you know, who are fascinated will be able to find out more details like on his website and so forth uh, because I'm curious about about those uh, finer points of his research. You know, uh, for me, <clears throat> I, I thought he gave a tremendous presentation. He's very clear, very intelligent. I still have a hard time getting my head wrapped around uh, somebody having all the uh, six vertebrae uh, smashed up. I have problems with three vertebrae and, and uh, being able to, uh, you know, just enter some mind space and uh, redesign the back. It'd be like somebody correcting a broken leg. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening in that are thinking, hey, I had that experience. I can be done and all. And if it can be done uh, or somebody can goes into remission and there's some way that uh, one can figure out how that's done and one can do it uh to, to oneself or teach others how to do it. <clears throat> that's huge. That's fabulous. It's a, it's a great breakthrough. And, uh, but I, and I think in, in time, if he does a, enough of his elf, own self-funded research, there will be others uh, from you know, more traditional medical communities that will come in and, and do further research on it. Uh, you know, I, to me, I, I'm a little mixed on it because I, th- I really want to believe that can be done but I'm, a, I'm still somewhat skeptical. I think skepticism <laughs> is, is, uh, is called for on, mm-hmm. in these uh, circumstances. Um, and, uh, you know, any, I hope, I would hope Joe, being a scientist, would approach his own findings with a certain amount of skepticism. And, and uh, you know, that's where the scientific method comes in of, of uh, reproducing studies and uh, designing studies uh, effectively to rule out um, any kind of illusory uh, early findings and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interest- One of the things that's interesting to me, and I wish we'd thought of asking him, is um, often when people uh, speak to the general public about these things, uh, they bring out anecdotal evidence. And the question is, Assuming all the the anecdotes are true, um, are we only hearing the 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 uh, dramatic success stories? Uh, are there also people using the same methods who are not getting those kind of results? Um, do people have exceptional results for uh, a reason that could be identified? Uh, some quality of uh, of the mind or or body that makes them different from somebody with a right. similar or same condition <laughs> that doesn't heal. Um, I mean, these are all uh, in, important uh, kind of variables that science would be interested in pursuing to the extent we can heal ourselves and and all and and use the mind and. Uh, uh, to to affect physiological conditions, um, how reliable are they? How predictable are they? 
you know, that kind of thing would have to be sorted out as well. You know, uh, not long ago, I I had on some cable station and uh, it was, you know, some faith healer. And it was actually a series of stations right next to each other where it was one faith healer after another. So when I'm watching it, I'm thinking, well, maybe there's some plants in the audience. Uh, uh, Maybe some people, it's just, you know, getting caught up in the moment. But but there was no question that these uh, healers... Uh, that had big audiences. They were they were affecting people's physiologic physiologies and their physiological responses, and and at least in some cases, I think they were legitimately uh, those people were getting into better states of health, or some pain was going away. Uh, and, and you know, I, I wonder: is it the healer that uh, had his or her influence, or is it the person getting in a certain state of mind and then you know, obviously doing it themselves to themselves? I don't know, but it's gone on for years. Uh, thousands upon thousands of people flock to these to these folks, and you know, and I think some of them are are, are just phonies uh, that use plants and whatnot in the audience. But I think some of them actually, there's no question, they were having some in- influence on those people physiologically as well as psychologically. And, I, and I'd love, you know, for that to be further researched to, to separate the the real from the unreal. And what and what's most important, and what uh, Joe Dispenza has been working on is systematizing it so you could take anyone and uh, give them the tools to uh, to work in this direction. Yeah. Um, I mean, the difference, you know, there's always been faith healers. There's always been shamans who can uh, help heal people. There's always been people who have, you know, what science would call spontaneous remissions. There's always been people who... Uh, claim to have healed themselves. The question is, can you make these things reliable? Right. Uh, and, and, and the other thing is, can you make them uh, reliable to the point where they reveal things about consciousness? Um, because one of the reasons I thought, you know, we should have Joe on the show is not so much uh, the specifics of healing, you know, which are useful, I'm sure, to, to people in our audience. But what does this kind of research tell us about who we are and what the nature of uh, human identity is, what the nature of the mind and consciousness uh, is? And, and um, the, you know, if the mind can be uh, trained through methods we used to associate with uh, religion or spirituality, and if the effects of these practices are um, measurable, and tangible, this is a kind of shift in how we understand right. certain things about human nature. Right, and, and I do think that the last great frontier is the human brain and what goes on in there and what areas affect what. And if, if nothing else, if at this point they could find out, well, if somebody does have some, some spontaneous healing and go into remission from cancer or whatever, what area of the brain is activated during that period of time and how does that you know, and what's going on in that area of the brain, and how can that be stimulated in such a way that uh, uh, people can uh, heal more naturally? You know, pharmaceuticals yeah. are, are are helpful, but they're damaging to the system. They're very expensive. Uh, uh, if there's more natural ways that everybody is all for it, uh, are there ways to affect one's longevity naturally? Yeah. You know, and so what we know from a lot of research over many years that uh, meditation has definite. Uh, specific, unique physiological uh, responses from the body and, and, uh, and how that relates. And uh, can you tap in? Is it something that you have to develop over time uh, in, in terms of uh, 
you know, refining brain physiology. I, I think there's yeah. a lot to be discovered there. And I think oh, I think we're just in the very yeah. beginning of the research. I mean, just think of how you phrased the your your statement. You said which area of the brain. Well, there's this assumption I always hear in science that the brain has these specialized areas, and and it, you know that seems to be true in certain things. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's true for every right. function. Maybe maybe it's not so localized. Right. Maybe, you know, the areas of the brain that don't seem to be active are actually doing things <laughs> that they can't right, measure right, yet. Right, right, right. Yeah, and we got into and that. And maybe it's not just the brain. Right, we got into that. <coughs> the, the instrumentation is not uh, developed enough, uh, not far along down the road uh, of refinement uh, to really pick up on a lot that's going on. Like, you know, brain waves, okay, that's one thing, but there's a lot more going on in the brain than brain waves. And I think that uh, that 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 uh, there are people developing uh, better instrumentation. And I also think that you know, 30 years ago, you, you you might not even be able to have this conversation with scientists. They weren't interested. But now I think there's a lot of uh, younger people in science who have backgrounds in uh, alternative spirituality or meditation or in healing <clears throat> that are curious and motivated to and and believe enough in the possibility. Uh, to do research in this area, and, and you're not considered a quack anymore if you're interested in this sort of thing. Right, and 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 that's reinforced by you know 45 years of published studies, reliable studies. That um, so I would think that somebody going through graduate school now um, is exposed. One hopes graduate school, medical school, so forth, to, to the fact that these practices have been proven to have value and that we've learned a whole lot about uh, what used to be called just, you know, religious uh, belief that, uh, you know, there's, there's actual scientific uh, evidence uh, for, for its efficacy. I mean, look, at there are, there are studies that are not about the brain or even physiology, but they've done outcome studies where uh, people who have uh, a dedicated spiritual path or are dedicated to their religious community have uh, better health (laughs) outcomes than people who don't. And one of the things I always found interesting is there are some studies that show that people who have... um, a healthy religious or spiritual life, one that serves them and is very supportive to them and so forth, uh, have better health outcomes than other religious people who might have what they call unhealthy religious Mm -hmm. uh, involvement where, you know, things like they think God is punishing them because they're sick or, uh, you know, they have... Uh, doubts uh, that they can't express or, you know, anything where an unhealthy spiritual life can actually damage your, your uh, healing. No, it's, uh, and, and I think, you know, these are areas that will be further explored and there's an openness now. I was in graduate school in the early 70s in clinical psychology. And, you know, in a particular program I, I was in was very psychoanalytically based. And uh, if you brought up, and I was doing TM then, I had started meditation then, and 
if if I uh, and I did, you know, would bring it up, you know, I got nothing but raised eyebrows, and it was just like, you know, uh, they they not not any interest or from their side any credibility. That has one hundred percent changed. Uh, uh, you yeah. can go to any, you know, uh, a, a clinical program now, and uh, you know, it's 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 in the curriculum. They'll at least touch upon it as a, right. as a, 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 a you know possibly a tool in the treatment of people. Uh, so that is, uh, you know, we've come a million miles uh, oh, yeah. from where we were. But, you know, there's a long way to go. Right. And, and you know, people like us have a, that kind of historical perspective. I mean, I, I was a subject in one of the early uh, TM studies. Scientific remember, American. You know, I, uh, yeah, I the one that, that yeah. Her, Herbert Benson and Keith Wallace did Huge at, from yeah. Harvard Medical School. Uh, you know, I was hanging around the... Cambridge TM Center, and I, I, volunt- I was one of the volunteers. And, you know, it was primitive stuff. It was a blood pressure cuff mm-hmm. and, you know, as I recall, EEG. And now it's, it's so much more sophisticated. But I remember being on a, a, a panel at a conference on drug abuse in, like, 1971 or two, and I was uh, talking about uh, TM and uh, as a a uh, potential valuable intervention with drug abuse and addiction and so forth. I practically got laughed off the stage. Right, right. There, I, you know, I had similar experiences where it was just like. And by the way, uh, for those listening in, uh, we the interview we did uh, uh, recently with Paul Mills, who's a, a professor at University of California, San Diego, and now is the uh, head of uh, research for the Chopra Center for Wellbeing. In San Diego, uh, he, he touches upon much of this and the, the different studies that are being done, and and, and I think all so, of these. And so yeah. did Roger Walsh in his right. interview. Yeah, and he's been a real Roger Walsh was involved in this type of research long, long ago before anybody else right. was really involved with it. So, anyway, we should probably wrap it up. But uh, very good one, and we'll have more shows that uh, talk about this sort of thing, and uh, also find out what kind of research is going on. Uh, in these areas. Very good. Spirit Matters Talk, spiritmatterstalk.com. And please, when you uh, come to the site, take a few seconds and subscribe so that we can send you information and it's all free. And tell your friends. Tell your friends. Uh, (laughs) All right, thanks. Okay, see you then.